It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Fox News Podcasts presents the Brett Bear Podcast. Common ground. There are a number of senators on the Republican side that continue to want to find common ground. We emphasize the conflict and, and controversy sells. And I think it's a problem because most Americans look at Washington and see something that's broken. Why don't we look for ways that we celebrate what this country is capable of doing? It's amazing what you can do when you get off social media and you start talking and communicating with one another because there is common ground. With Fox News chief political anchor Brett Baer. Good evening, and thank you for listening to this extended version of Common Ground on the Brett Baer Podcast. In tonight's Common Ground segment, we talk with the chairman of the House and Senate Intelligence Committees. That would be Ohio Republican Mike Turner in the House, Virginia Democrat Mark Warner in the Senate. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, You know, Common Ground, there's a lot of common ground between you two. Intelligence is usually the most bipartisan committee. the House, we can talk about that in recent been, years. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about the breaking news first and this these documents that have been found at <clears throat> President Biden's um, when he was vice president. Uh, Senator, what are your concerns about this? What do you think about it? And in context with what you've said before about trying to learn about the Mar-a-Lago documents? Well, first of all, Brett, there's a reason why we have classification of documents. And I think those classifications need to be respected. Um, I've called that we ought to be briefed uh, in terms of, from an intelligence assessment, what were in these documents that then Vice President Biden had. Um, I still am waiting on the briefing on the Mar-a-Lago documents. Because you asked the National Intelligence Director. We asked for that, and there'd been some scheduling issues. Then there'd been concerns when the special counsel got involved. Uh, Mike and I may disagree on this. I do think at least the evidence we have so far is that the Biden team, when they found documents, immediately turned them over. I don't think that could be said in terms of Mr. Trump's team. But it it still begs the broader question, which is both of us, from an intelligence oversight standpoint, need to be briefed and have an intelligence assessment made of documents that were in Trump's possession and in Biden's possession. Here's President Biden uh, reacting to the Mar-a-Lago documents, Nicholas. What did you think to yourself, looking at that image? How that could possibly happen how anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. So, Mr. Chairman, what are your concerns? Uh, does it concern you that we didn't know about it until weeks later, after, you know, before the midterms when they were found? Right. Well, you, you certainly, in, in showing the um, president's comments in condemning President Trump for having classified documents, it shows incredible irony uh, that, in fact, he had classified documents in his private offices uh, when he was not an elected official after he had left the vice presidency. There are a lot of questions that we need to have answered. I think one, though, it just really does underscore the, the concerns that we have of the abuse of power, of the raid on Mar Largo. The manner in which these two issues are, are handled is, um, is 
that contrast is very troubling. Uh, when you look at um, that, you know, President Biden is continuing to find, we're hitting these news stories, continuing to find documents in his private effects that have classified documents, but the FBI is not raiding. He's, they're not taking possession of these documents. They're allowing his private attorneys to continue, who, who we don't even know if have classification, uh, to even see the things that they're finding. Um, and they found it, another batch right. uh, today, a second batch. And so it's very troubling that the, the search continues, and yet the Department of Justice is standing down where they raid uh, Donald Trump's home. So I think there's also questions that we need to have answered about what's in these documents. Why did he have them? You know, he, we were certainly concerned about the Biden family's businesses. Do they relate at all to, to any of the things that, that Hunter Biden was doing or that he was doing? It, these are questions that we're going to have to have answered, and Congress is going to have a role in this. Where do you think this, this ends? I mean, obviously, there was an investigation by the DOJ, Senator. There are different situations as far as action and when they told the authorities about it. But do you think this somehow affects that? You know, again, I think we need to get the facts. It's why, frankly, again, Mike and I both have been calling for a congressional briefing in terms of what was found at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, I think clearly mistakes were made by the Biden operation as well. I do think there... And we may agree to differ on this, that there was a difference in the terms of it appears the Biden team, once they found documents, turned them over. Clearly, in the case of Mr. Trump, there was months long litigation and document dumps made by his attorneys. And then subsequent to those dumps, um, additional documents found. So but let's get the facts. Let's have we both. Uh, as from a bipartisan standpoint, <coughs> intelligence oversight, we need to make sure that either of these individuals if there have been intelligence failures that they get corrected. And you're disappointed you haven't gotten those briefings. Listen, we, the hurdles that we went through, and again, we were ready. I think some of our fellow gang of eight members may not have been anxious to have those briefs pre-election, but um, then they were ready to move. But then it appears the Justice Department, because the special counsel's naming, have slowed the process. We, we need to be briefed on both of these sets of documents. Last thing on this, you think there should be a special counsel in this? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, this is so troubling of the um, unequal application of the law. And here, remember, Biden said when he was asked, do you take classified documents home? He said, no, no, of course, never. And here we're fighting two different batches. Um, this underscores uh, that this was, was mishandled, and uh, certainly the fact that President Biden himself, when he was a private citizen, is now uh, having to admit that he had done the exact same thing, uh, they should be treated equally. Let's talk about the common ground between the two of you, your committees, and what you're concerned about. What's the biggest thing, uh, as the chairs of these committees, that you're worried about? I think the issue of our time is technology competition with China. I mean, it was our Senate Intelligence Committee that first spotted, and I say this as an old wireless communications guy in my business world, the rise of Huawei, for example, the Chinese 5G company that was kind of running the table. Um, working with my friend John Cornyn, we said, pulled the alarm bell on the questions around semiconductors, and that led to the chip spill. I think whether it's advanced energy, whether it's whether it's synthetic biology, whether it's artificial intelligence, we are seeing China invest at a level that we've never faced before. I mean, Soviet Union was a military and ideological threat. It was never a technology or economic threat. And I think this is an area where there's a lot of common ground. I think that we can work together. And you know, Mike and I have developed a relationship over the last year. Uh, we've got incredibly important oversight to do. But I think this, the thing that keeps me up at night is this technology competition with China. You know, we talked a lot about TikTok, and you see these governors dealing with it state by state, saying state uh, uh, 
items and state uh, cell phones can't have it. What would you tell parents who've got kids uh, with it? Well, I, first of all, I want to thank Senator Warner because he's absolutely correct. We're, we're working in a very bipartisan uh, way. We've met several times and we've talked about, you know, when we are both have the chairmanships of, of these two intelligence committees, making certain that they work for the American public to keep us safe, work on the issue of national security. The threat to our nation is changing and we need to make certain that, that we're responsive. And I, I want to thank him for the the. Um, you know, outreach and the fact that we're able to work together. We both realize that the things that we come to agreement on can become law and can help uh, you know, increase the, the security of, of our country. I guess the advice I would give parents is I'd be very concerned uh, with uh, any uh, data collection that can have long-term effects uh, on, on any of, of their, their children. And TikTok certainly is one of those. The problem that you see with China is that, and, and why this, the senator has made such a, a big issue of, of technology in China, is there's no separation, really, between their businesses, their government, and the, gov and the Communist Party. And so that um, lack of division means that whenever you pick up Chinese technology or Chinese social media and surrender your data to it, you're surrendering it to China. And Brett, let me jump in on that as well, just briefly. You know, remember, Chinese law, I think as of about 2016, required that every company in China, at the end of the day, their first obligation is to the Communist Party of China. So I agree with Mike in the sense that there's the challenge of a lot of our kids' data being collected, that at some point, no matter what TikTok says about having a iron wall between the two, we've seen a number of reports that that data is still being accessed by Chinese engineers. But what almost concerns me more is the fact that TikTok really is a communications medium, not unlike your network or some of the other networks. And the difference between what Chinese kids see on TikTok, which emphasizes science and engineering. Making them and better. Making them better versus what our kids see. And I'm concerned at some point the folks who are driving the algorithms are going to say, you know, we're not going to, they're not creating the videos, but we're not going to show videos that are critical of the Communist Party. Or we're going to only show videos that may be derogatory towards the United States. So for both those reasons, uh, we need to take action. Now, the Biden administration has promised for two years that they're going to find a way to you know, ha separate the two. I've lost patience there, and I think we're going to have to take action. There's a reason why the military has already said you can't, as an active duty service member, have TikTok, and now the Congress and a number of states. Yeah, and the overriding company is ByteDance, and your ranking member, Senator Rubio, uh, said in a release saying uh, it's outrageous that J.P. Morgan Chase would elect to join ByteDance in a partnership geared toward broadening and deepening the companies and as a result of CCP's access to countless volumes of user data. Even more alarming, however, is that J.P. Morgan Chase is now actively working with ByteDance to enlarge its capacity for real-time data exchange, track and trace, and to see and monitor payments in light of its gross abuses of user information. We're seeing the government act, uh, Mr. Chairman, but we're not are we going to see with the government act when it comes to the private side of the usage of TikTok? I, I think, as the senator said, I think that Congress is going to have to take this up uh, because <clears throat> the, the Trump administration had uh, taken this issue up and was trying to take actions to protect uh, Americans and their data from uh, Chinese collection. I think in, in this instance uh, that we're going to have to have a number of hearings and open debate and make certain that there is action. What else bothers you? 
worries you? What keeps you up well, at night? What, what we're seeing is, is um, a different environment with respect to our adversaries than we've seen before. Um, we've always had adversaries. Adversaries were always trying to reach and, and build new capabilities in which they might be able to do us harm or allies harm. But you're seeing them actually take actions uh, now. You're seeing the aggressiveness of Russia, your, uh, the invasion of Ukraine, um, the um, uh, Chinese aggression, uh, their open statements of their intentions to in, invade Taiwan. You're now seeing not just uh, that North Korea sought nuclear capabilities and missile capabilities, that they're, they're actively, intimidatingly threatening people with missiles. Uh, certainly, uh, Iran is getting, continuing to progress toward a nuclear weapon. These are, are adversaries that are active uh, in attacking uh, the United States' interests and our allies in the United States itself. And that's why our intelligence and our military has to be so much more stronger and active. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I mentioned that uh, traditionally intelligence uh, committees are bipartisan. The House committee had been uh, at each other for a long time, and now you have the new House Speaker uh, threatening to block uh, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell from the House Intel Committee, Ilhan Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. That hasn't been populated yet, but do you believe that's going to happen? I, I believe Kevin's a man of his word, and, and, and you know, and I think the whole country has seen, that the Intelligence Committee was hijacked. Uh, Nancy Pelosi did not want to take the impeachment through the Judiciary Committee, where it's supposed to go, until so she hijacked the Intelligence Committee, which is usually the one that's working on national security, and uh, put us through a very partisan uh, exercise that, that, that broke the committee for a while. Uh, I think we're going to be able to get back to, to national security. It's certainly my goal. I have made a commitment that this committee will be bipartisan and it will focus on national security for the American people and for our security. But for, for most people, Senator, who look at this, the intelligence committees really do operate in a bipartisan fashion. Listen, we've our record shows. I'm not going to comment on the, the House, House they Committee went to, yeah, yeah. Be, you know. But I will say this. I mean, listen, it was our committee with a Republican chairman, my friend Richard Burr, um, that first exposed the massive amounts of Russian misinformation, disinformation, propagated by American social media companies uh, in the 2016 election. We saw subsequently other nation states use those same tools. One of the things that concerns me um, and we may be able to find common ground, is the fact that we're six, seven years in, and whether we're talking about protecting our kids or a host of other issues, some at least guardrails around social media. What concerns me as well is the ability of our adversaries uh, to propagate cyber crimes. Um, you know, we, we all read about the, the delay in, in the air traffic control system today. Uh, thank goodness it appears, and I'm reserving judgment till we get a full briefing, that it was not the result of a cyber attack, but it could have been. Uh, one of the reasons why, frankly, we need to upgrade for the last 14 years since I've been here, we've been talking about upgrading our air traffic control system and moving away from radar, radar to GPS. We still haven't done some of those things. So I think this, again, 
technology competition, the, the challenges around cyber, some guardrails around social media, and at the same time, I think the congressman and I both agree, you know, we got a lot of responsibility. There are 19 different intelligence agencies in America doing appropriate oversight so citizens' rights are protected, privacy is protected. That is an area, again, I think we're going to find a lot of common ground. You said guardrails around social media. Are you surprised by some of the revelations of these Twitter files about the efforts of different agencies to try to kind of squelch or shut up or censor different people? What I, what I think has been interesting, I, I meant because some of those Twitter files talked about my actions, and I think it's somewhat unique that um, Elon Musk, who now controls Twitter, was pointing out that Twitter had a bot pro problem. And I think if it was clearly fact, whether it was <clears throat> Russian misuse on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, that they were weaponized in advance of, of Russian cause. Other nation states have tried to use social media as well. And the fact that we in this country have done nothing to put any kind of privacy controls, let alone you know, Section 230 reform or just low-hanging fruit, like we ought to be able to move your data easily, data portability, interoperability, the same way you can move your cell phone without turning in your phone and keep your same number, there are things that have nothing to do with you know, left-right politics, but how we can make these great companies, and they are great, uh, without doing anything. We've ceded that leadership to now. The Europeans are setting all the standards, not Americans. I and mean, this seems like a big, big issue. And sadly, Brett, some of this we'd heard about before in our committees from the agencies of their, their actions. And they were disturbing to us because uh, they were uh, couching it in terms of things that they were doing to protect the country when, in fact, they were actually suppressing uh, normal discourse and, and what, what's so essential for just democracy. Um, it's excellent that Elon Musk is... is uh, bringing this to light, we certainly were going to begin investigating in this area to find where in, in media and where in government this connection was having that was uh, disrupting the normal uh, discourse of democracy. Uh, the House just recently organized a subcommittee under the Judiciary Committee that's going to be populated by Judiciary Committee members and Intelligence Committee uh, representatives from the House. Uh, to take up this issue of the weaponization of government against its own citizens. I think these are absolutely violations of people's rights and this should not be happening. Last thing, if you were to look at a map at the countries that we face and challenges, do you think you could agree that China is the biggest challenge for the U.S.? I would say absolutely. And again, let me be clear. My beef is with the Communist Party and Xi Jinping's leadership. It's not with the Chinese people. It's not should be used as an excuse to be in, uh, to be biased against Chinese Americans or Asian Americans who make great contributions uh, to our society and our community. But again, I grew up with the Soviet Union. It was a military and ideological threat. It was not an economic or technology breaking threat. That authoritarian regime is really, we are in a, a contest that I think who wins the technology struggle is the issue of our time. I think it's certainly the most complex and, and uh, pervasive uh, threat, but I don't think it's, it's the most immediate threat. The, the nuclear threat now that Ukraine has uh, been invaded and Russia has openly threatened our NATO allies and the United States <clears throat> with um, a nuclear attack. And you have North Korea continuing to uh, proliferate their, their nuclear weapons and their missile capabilities. Um, we really need to focus <clears throat> on, on ways to understand this threat and how to respond to it with missile defense and other, other capabilities. 
Um, so I, I, it's hard to say one is more important than the other, but certainly China is the largest and most pervasive uh, and complex threat that we have. And, and you know, I think Mike and I would agree, we've got a lot of oversight to do, but we need to give kudos when appropriate. And the fact that the intelligence community predicted with such accuracy what Vladimir Putin's intents were and helped rally that coalition, uh, I think we need to stand with our Ukrainian friends. The fact that NATO is actually stepping up to the plate, a lot of that was due to the good work of the American intelligence community. And while they've made mistakes, um, and our job is to hold them accountable, we also need to give them credit when they do a great job. Gentlemen, the chairs of the Senate and the House Intelligence Committees, thanks so much for the time and coming no on Common Ground. Thank you. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's Common Ground. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. Listen ad-free with the Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. We'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.